0: Otherwise
1: on SAFM. And welcome to Otherwise Mzanzi. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Shadow Twala is my name. My producers Hazel Mark and Derek Fordyce, our technical producer for today. You may reach us on 0892 102010. Email otherwise at SAFM.co.za. Tweets at otherwise SAFM or at Shadow Twala. Now, Dr. W.A. Liebenberg is the author of The Brain Surgeon's Diet, Train Your Brain to Shed Fat. He explains how the brain is the most powerful tool you have for losing weight. And then later on, we'll tell you about Penguin Books, who published the book, who invite you to sign up for The Brain Surgeon's Diet 16-Week Weight Loss Challenge. Do stay tuned because it gets very interesting. But first, our lunch bite for today, which is called Don't Quit by Annalise Joubert. Incidentally, I took it from the book, The Brain Surgeon's Diet. When you've eaten too much and you can't write it down and you feel like the biggest failure in town, when you want to give up just because you gave in and forget all about being healthy and sin. So what? You went over your points a bit. It's your next move that counts, so don't quit. It's a moment of truth. It's an attitude change. It's learning the skills to get back in your range. It's telling yourself you've done great up till now. You can take on this challenge and beat it somehow. It's part of your journey toward reaching your goal. You're still going to make it. Just stay in control. To stumble and fall is not a disgrace if you summon the will to get back in the race. But often. Often the strugglers, when losing their grip, just throw in the towel and continue to slip. And learn too late when the damage is done that the race wasn't over, they still could have won. Lifestyle change can be awkward and slow, but facing each challenge will help you grow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint in a cloud of doubt. When you're pushing to the brink, just refuse to submit. If you bite it, you write it, but don't you quit. Otherwise, on SAFM. Now, Adrian Liebenberg holds a master's degree in neurosurgery from Stellenbosch University and is a fellow of the College of Neurosurgeons of South Africa. He's an internationally published author of a standard work on brain surgery and works in private practice in the Western Cape. And Dr. Liebenberg is also an amateur photographer and keen adventure motorcycle rider. Dr. Liebenberg, thank you for joining me and thank you for your time. Welcome.
0: Thank you very much, Shadow. It's lovely to be on your show.
1: I cannot believe how much weight you lost. But for Fat Me and Thin Me pictures, I want me to also go on this diet.
0: Shadow, I think, you know, everybody gets to a point in their life where enough is enough. And uh, I think, unfortunately, only people who have ever been fat will will, will understand this. Um, Fat people are marginalized in society. You know, they're thought of as lazy and, and not very clever. And um, it, it's quite an, an unpleasant place to be in. And, and once you've you've gotten to the point of no return, it it really is, you know, it's a dire situation and very few fat people ever turn into slim people and turn into elbow people. So it's, it's a losing battle yeah. from the word go. And, and I just, you know, I have a very strong personality when it comes to these things. And, and I could never understand how I could be successful in my career and successful in other fields but couldn't control my weight. You know, was was one of my biggest failures, and I see it in many other successful people. And in, it just gets to the point where you decide that it, it can't be that difficult. You know, if if there are people who are perhaps less educated than you are and less driven than you are, who have very well looked after bodies, um, who perhaps don't have all that time to look after their bodies, then then you can do it as well. And and I just got to the point where I decided that I had to do something about it.
1: Now, I wonder um, because not everyone can, who's listening can see these pictures. Can you just describe what size you were uh, when you decided to to to, to go on the diet and eventually how much you lost and how long it took you?
0: yeah I'm a tall guy, so uh, weight sits quite well on me for a, for a certain you know proportion of the weight gain, and i 'm six foot three. Mm. Uh, but I ended up weighing one hundred and sixty one kilograms, which is an enormous amount of sure. weight. And with that, you know, I, I had very lots of difficulty in being able to tie my shoes. And then the uh, female listeners will enjoy the fact that I could fill a sea with no problem whatsoever. <laughs> you
2: know,
0: it, it it was ludicrous, and um, I was really, you know, the the people you see on Facebook, where people point and laugh at. I, I was approaching that. Mm. Um, that that is you know, about ninety kilograms more than than what I should weigh according to most of the charts mm-hmm. and um it took me two year period to lose 70 kilograms of that weight um slowly but surely and and i ended up um i think in, in a fairly fit and, and okay state where i wasn't that shy about my body anymore and i was significantly healthier so, yes, from, from morbidly obese to just a normal person.
1: Mm. Did your age matter? Because I'm not too sure how old you are, but how old were you when you went? Because some people, you know, when you get to a particular age, you, you've gotten used to it. You think, you know, this has been my body, I'm comfortable. And in, in a bit of, in, in a few minutes, I'll talk to you about what happens in the mind of a person who is deemed fat mm. uh, to, to even accept that. But how old were you and does it get harder when you're older or w- did you catch it just in time?
0: No no, I was approaching forty when 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 I decided to lose the weight, mm-hmm. and um, it, it definitely is harder because as you get older, your metabolism slows down and you 're able to eat less food, your body requires less food, and so if you 're used to grossly overeating, getting back to a normal diet um, for somebody of that age uh, it 's much more difficult than when you 're an active twenty year old and, and you 're perfectly right is you get to the point where uh, you know, you, you're perhaps in a stable relationship, you know, and, and your partner loves you for who you are. Um, your family members have gotten used, and everybody just accepts that you're a fat person. And then the, the incentive to lose weight is definitely less. And as age goes on, you know, it becomes more difficult to look at the end result because if, if you're 65 years old and, uh, old and you're you're quite overweight and you try and into to a uh, bikini model, um there will be residual effects from the the weight you know you'll have loose skin and and so it it becomes more difficult to to get to the the panacea of weight loss but Mm -hmm. you don't need to go there you know many people can lose weight purely for the health benefits and to look better in their clothes so age is definitely a a, you know a, a factor that counts heavily um And therefore, you know, there's not really a day to lose. You know, people should get on and and get busy immediately. Mm
1: -hmm. I must congratulate you at this point, you know, because I think you've done an amazing job with yourself. And hopefully through this book, you teach us and and tell us how. Um, And I'm I'm just curious about when the penny dropped that you could use your brain to shed fat. And we'll get to that in a bit because I went through the book. I must say at some point it got a bit academic for me. I couldn't, you know, the calculation of the Harris-Benedict equation, which we'll, we'll get to soon as well. But the kinds of mindset, uh, because f- fat is relative, you know, we may think somebody's fat and they're quite ha- happy with their body and they can do the normal things that they think their life requires. So when do you know you're fat and there is a problem that you need to take care of?
0: Well, I think it differs for the sexes, isn't it? You know, you'd find a very beautiful, well-built woman looking in the mirror with a skull on her face, you know, and being very unhappy with the way she looks. Whereas a overweight man would look at the mirror and be quite happy with himself. So Mm -hmm. it's a personal and also a gender thing.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, when when you are conscious of your body and self-conscious, and when there is, is is a health risk involved in it. Then really, one should look at it, and 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 you don't need to be terribly overweight for it to be a health risk. Mm. You know, we've all gotten used to the idea of, of big meals and 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 many people being overweight, but that's not a natural state. So I think you know if, if you can sit down on a chair in front of the mirror, take off all your clothes and relax your muscles, and you're happy with what you're seeing, you're fine. Mm. If you're not, you're not fine.
1: Mm. Mm. So so then. <laughs> is food what makes us fat?
0: No, I, I, I think it's it's not understanding what food is and what diet is. Um, we have such a lot of information these days. Now we've got the social media platforms, we've got the internet. You know, we've we've got the wonderful tool of Google, um, and I think that's saturated us beyond the point of of really actually knowing anything. And, and there's all these perverse incentives of big companies trying to make money out of people who are overweight. We, we don't tell the truth and, and do false advertising.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So in the end of the day, what, what makes people fat is, is really the unhealthy relationship with food. It's uh-huh. not food itself.
2: Uh-huh.
0: It's, it's the self rewarding with food. It's, it's, you know, exercise makes you fat if you're stupid about it. Mm-hmm. So if you're not clever enough, you know, you're going walk on a health walker in the morning for 20 minutes, you burn 700 kilojoules you're going to have a pizza and a egg for lunch you eat six thousand kilojoules because you think you can you exercise it, it's being uneducated as far as diet and exercise is concerned what makes us fat mm-hmm. we have this relationship with food where i hope it's it's fine beyond a slice or two of pizza it's never really fine because it's not healthy it's got all those kilojoules in and and once you understand that and you can actually select the healthier food choice and enjoy it then you're on absolutely a new planet and then a new place
1: we, we've got a lot of uh, quick fix solutions for weight loss in the market why what makes yours different and yours is not a quick fix by the way I understand that because yeah. it's a lifestyle change yeah. but um, how should we respond to yours when the other quick fix solutions out there yeah
0: it's quite easy the quick fix solutions never work um, you know, a fad diet is, is designed on, on improbable claims uh, and results that are not sustainable. They're based on unrealistic goals from people. You know, if you want to book these days, you click a button on the, the Internet and it's delivered to your house. If you want a pizza, somebody brings it to your house. If you want to lose weight, then you click the button that says Quick Fix Solution and it's sorted.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It never is. It takes us many years to get fat and it will take us many years to get thin again. You can't expect to lose ten years of weight gain in six weeks, it's impossible. If you do, it will be only the weight on the scale, it wouldn't be fat, it would be protein mustard losing and water, and you would get all of that back again, guaranteed, and more of it. So so the problem with quick fix solutions is it panders to the the, the society's weaknesses, where the society wants a quick fix um they give society what they want take the money and they have returned business because that same person will come back will come again. back yes so it's the perfect solution it's the best money-making scheme in the history of world people mm. want it you give it to them they come back for it in two years from now mm. so i you know i'm a healthcare professional you know i'm registered with health professionals council i have certain ethical and moral obligations and I didn't publish this book because I wanted to make money out of it. I'm a neurosurgeon, I own my own money.
2: Mm.
0: Um, I, was, I was forced by myself, by, by my responsibility towards the other fat people who can't escape from this, to tell them what I did, to explain as best I can what the real science is behind it so that they can make informed choices. So, you know, I don't expect to sell hundreds and thousands of books, and I don't want to sell hundreds of thousands of books. If I can have five or 10 or 15 or 20 or 500 people whose lives are changed because I went to the trouble of publishing this book, then I'm completely happy. Okay. There is no quick fix in this at all.
1: Now tell me what my brain has got to do with my fat.
0: Very easy really because the fact of the matter is that your brain controls absolutely everything. If you're a fat person, you go and see a dietitian and she prescribes an eating plan you know, for you and you see a personal trainer and they prescribe an exercise program for you. One, you haven't learned anything whatsoever. And two, it's usually unsustainable because the, the jump that you make, the paradigm shift that you make is so huge that it's not sustainable. So if you if you take me at 160 kilograms, you gave me boiled cabbage and boiled chicken to eat and made me get up to every morning six o'clock to go for a run. Even if I was really, really motivated, I would last perhaps a month or six weeks. And it's not sustainable. So what you need to do is you need to understand that your brain, over the years of, of, of weight weight gain and then becoming fat, has become programmed into that of a fat person. And the hormones respond in that way. You're resistant to the good hormones, you're overly uh, sensitive to the bad hormones, which control weight gain. And the only way to change that is not to give the, the, the um, body a big alarm and a big shock is to do it gradually and to, to be sneaky about it so what you do is you make small changes over a prolonged period of time which means you can do it it's not that it's and difficult to do it and the hormones of your brain get time to slowly adjust
1: so when you say being sneaky so you you, you almost tricking your brain not to understand that you, you're changing your lifestyle
0: Exactly, I, I called my brain Stinky Pete because was <laughs> Stinky Pete? Way. Yeah. <laughs> They're a very bad person. And, and I, I tricked Stinky Pete in the sense that it seemed like it was business as usual. I mm-hmm. ate large volumes of food, I ate the food I liked, I just made the clever food choices, I did very moderate exercise, and, and because the changes were gradual, they were permanent you get a, a dip of weight loss and you get a bit of a plateau a dip of weight loss a bit of a plateau because the body is trying to keep the balance It's trying to keep homeostasis it doesn't like to get rid of weight because it, it perceives the fat that it's say, keeping in your body as a safety mechanism against hunger and, and cold and like in the old days when we were all living in caves so you have to make your body used to the idea that you're slowly getting rid of the fat and that it's okay you can't do it quickly
1: Hmm. so can you give us an outline of how you know uh, this works just a few steps to so that when we continue this conversation at least we cut it into chunks because i I know you cover quite a lot of even foods that um that would be permanently good for us and and that would heal us especially you you talk a lot about oats and we'll get to that but just give us a few steps what what where do we begin how do we do this
0: I think the most important thing for one is just the mind switch, you know, the mind change and then making the decision. And then I always say to people, if you're going to do it, tell everybody about it because it's usually embarrassing. If you fail, they want you to fail. Don't do it secretly at night and try and, be, you know, and be secretive about it. Make it a bold choice, for one, and then go and look at who you are nobody else knows you as well as you do so go and look at what it is that you eat what it is that you like to eat go and make three columns look at good food that you're eating medium food and bad food then try and select from the column of the good food as much as you can the good food that you enjoy eating and then you have to understand that the body is a very complex but yet very simple machine if you overfeed it it will grow if you underfeed it it will shrink mm. as easy as that and if you can find out what the energy balance in your body needs to be then you can control your diet to those needs and undercut it and, and, and I've put lots of uh, formulas in the book to explain it but you can just go to the website and click on the button and find out what your energy requirements are you know if you go to my my website there's a calculator mm. But the, the dietitians and the scientists many years ago worked out a formula of what an approximate energy requirement is for each person according to their age, their weight, and their gender. Mm-hmm. So you can go and see and say, well, I'm a 10,000 kilojoule person per day. If I aim at 8,000 kilojoules and I eat the food that I like, I'll have a deficit of 2,000 kilojoules on a long-term basis. There's 32,000 kilojoules in a kilogram of fat. So when I get to the 32,000 kilojoule deficit, I'd probably lose one kilogram of fat and it's as easy as that so you take control of your diet you decide what you eat you decide what exercise you do and 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 there's nobody telling you what to do which makes it sustainable
1: so, so Dr Lievenberg am I calculating every day am I writing things down every day when I
0: eat yes you must and as you grow more confident with the diet as you know what you're doing and you've lost lots of weight and you, you really are quite knowledgeable then you can stop I don't write down things anymore but it's the same as going to school mm-hmm. you have to re-educate yourself and people say well I haven't eaten anything today but if they took the trouble to write down what they ate and what the kilojoule value was they would learn from that they would go well no I didn't take in anything today because I had that juice over lunch that mm-hmm. was 800 kilojoules and then I had those two crackers from my friend that was another 400 kilojoules and I didn't realize that that's 1,200 kilojoules, and that's like a, a seventh or eighth or a fifth of my daily requirement gone without realizing it. Then with time as you, and if you see the the pretty people sitting in a restaurant, they don't just order the top thing from the menu. They think about it. And if they do have the cheesecake, this evening they'll go for a run or a walk, or they'll have a salad because they know that the cheesecake. And they've already calculated in their minds, they do it automatically. But if you're overweight and fat and you don't know how to do this, it's the only way you have to re-educate yourself as far as food's concerned. And it's very easy. It takes a few seconds every time you adjust just a jar to dance. Well, that's how many ecologicals I've had. That's how much I've got left. To know what it is that you're doing to energy balance every day
1: and those those calculations are pretty easy to learn and, and 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 calculate on a daily basis so you don't it's not a maths exercise for for the whole day
0: no it's a child it's child's exercise It's basically just you know um adding things together so if you've had 500 kilojoules now 2000 there, four thousand there and six thousand five hundred, six thousand five hundred, how much you've got left so it's very basic and, and it's a guideline you know it's not that specifically down to the last kilojoule but if you don't look at your balance you'll never know what you're doing and, and all the fad diets and all the diets in the world boil down to exactly the same thing they restrict the energy that you take in and they do that by perhaps eating you say a protein-rich diet that keeps you full and which is fairly low in kilojoules or you choose soup diets, you know where where the the kilojoules learn all of those diets if you go and break them down the end result and the only scientific way to lose weight the end result is lowering your energy intake. Mm-hmm.
2: and so
1: that's eating what I like. Do I still need to exercise?
0: You have to, but, but you have to understand that you don't have to kill and you mustn't kill yourself. You must be exercise that you can do every day or at least five times a week and you enjoy. And I suggest that people go for a walk. It's not the kilojoules that you burn whilst you exercise. It's the fact that you push up your metabolic rate of your body. Your body becomes a faster um, energy-burning machine by doing a regular exercise, which means throughout the week you'll burn energy at a fast rate just because you're doing frequent moderate exercise. If you can run, you can run, uh, but it's not necessary to do vigorous exercise. That might come later, you know, when you've lost your weight and you're happy with the body and, and all the tendons and the joints feel better about, you might consider that. But purely going for a walk, not even, brisk walk is better than a slow walk, but even a slow walk is fine.
1: So the BMR is important?
0: The, the, the BMR, the, the basic metabolic rate, and that's just in you know, the bigger words to say how quickly your body burns energy. <laughs>
2: It all
1: seems so um, hard, such hard work. But I know it can be done because you did it. So you know, I, I when I, I want to talk to you a bit about this this uh, great food ingredient that you found works for us, and maybe we don't even understand the qualities that fully yet, and maybe we do. And the scientific word there that you used was the Avena sativa. Is that right?
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well did, done
1: is, is, did I co- did it did correctly well, yes, absolutely. great and it, in, in simple terms it's oats, is it
0: yeah absolutely um it, w- when i uh, decided to you know embark on this diet i needed to eat food that was easily uh preparable and which my staff could do for me whilst they were seeing patients and then i struggled you know i found that bread didn't work for me um, uh, bread is quite energy dense, you know, it usually gives lots of spikes in insulin And it's not the best kind of food And I, I found instant oats and I, I got my staff to prepare me bowls of instant oats Instant oats Before, for much longer And it just worked for me And, and it's just when I got around to, to writing the book that I thought, you know, I'll look into oats You know, if there are any benefits And I was staggered, absolutely staggered the health benefits that are contained within oats and then if you go and google it and you go and see what all the benefits are in this it's like a health superfood and i wasn't aware of that i didn't use oats because i thought it was a health superfood i just used it because it was a complex carbohydrate that could keep me full for longer than than bread or anything like that mm. um but but you know once i found out all those facts i thought you might share it with the readers because you know it's active against diabetes yeah. it's active against high blood pressure the cholesterol and, and the list just goes on and on and on and these are, are proven claims you know by literature it's not uh, and science is not just something that somebody thought up so it is indeed a very good food to eat.
1: Well stay with me for a bit we're taking news headlines uh Dr. Lienberg and 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 uh, we're coming back to talk to you in a bit.
0: Great thanks.
1: Otherwise on SAFM. We're talking about the Brain Surgeon's Diet uh, with Dr. Adrian Liebenberg, how to train your brain to shed fat. And Dr. Liebenberg, are we talking about willpower here more than anything else?
0: No, no. I, I, for many years, didn't have any willpower. While I lost my weight. I had no willpower at all. You cannot use willpower to lose weight. Um, You're just not strong enough to do that. What all that will happen is you'll binge eat. You'll control yourself up to a point, and then you'll lose it, and you'll binge eat. Um, the whole point is to make it a relaxing and un- and uncomfortable journey, so that you don't require willpower. That's exactly the point. So um, you can't force yourself to lose weight. You you need to go about it in a scientific manner.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so so just saying, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm gonna. Nobody's gonna stop me. It's good for a few days, perhaps for a few weeks if you're really tough, but it won't last.
1: Can one use the same strategy, for instance, to to stop smoking, you know, dealing with Stinky Pinky? A stinky, what do you call him? Stinky Pete. The stinky Pete. Yeah. Um, fooling Stinky Pete, that's changing your mindset. It's a whole paradigm shift, as you said. Can one use it for stopping smoking, for other bad habits?
0: You see, the problem with, with smoking is that you either do it or you don't. Um, with eating you always have to eat Mm. you can't stop eating at some point Mm. so so it's a completely different approach in that um, and in in stopping smoking it's just really the first few days that the cravings are severe and um, after that I'm told and I've read on the internet that the cravings last for about 40 seconds at a time. So if you can get past those first 48 hours and use willpower for that, mm-hmm. then the cravings come in frequently. And because you've stopped, your body's craving goes away over time, mm-hmm. but you can't stop eating. So there's always, you know, the body's always driving it taking in food. So when it comes to stopping smoking, you know, perhaps, you know, not using drugs and doing things like that, it is a matter of willpower
1: now i know people that think they're losing weight by skipping meals and not eating at certain times and only eating for instance one meal a day is that suggested is is that a good way of also just keeping it away keeping the fat away
0: no Jean, there's lots of research done about uh, fasting you know um as part of a dietary aid and there's, there's some evidence of, of of it working and there are some diets that have based um the you know there's scientific evidence behind that the body is a, is, is a machine that I think you know one shouldn't fiddle with too much and there's healthy and there's unhealthy and I think you know the body needs constant energy it needs nutrients all throughout the day and the best way to go about it is just eat a normal balanced diet with breakfast lunch and supper few snacks in between and continue with that and just change the food you do weird things you know, like excluding food groups or fasting for a day or fasting for a portion of the day, um, it, it's really not healthy in the long run and, and it confuses your metabolic systems inside your body. So all of those are short-term solutions. And if you look at the fitness industry and you look at bodybuilders, um, they would do that before competitions. They would do all kinds of different techniques to get the body mass slow as possible and have the best possible physiques. But it's not a healthy thing that they do in the long term, it's a short term solution and exactly the same thing happens here if you want to have a long term healthy body and a body that looks good, you have to feed it constantly and you have to feed it good food.
2: Hmm,
1: hmm. So let's go through this again. Uh, we missed we missed a step there, the fat people anonymous.
0: Yeah, very, very important. It's, it's like
1: alcoholics anonymous.
0: Yeah, that, right? that's the mind shift. Mm-hmm. That's, making the decision because you really have to decide whether you're happy with yourself or not Mm. if you're not happy then you have to admit i'm not happy this is not cool and i'm not chubby or overweight i'm fat and it's a nice word to use because it's just what it is and um you know the moment you sit down and, and you say listen but i am fat i don't like it i'm going to change it that's when you can make the difference. So it's when you go, oh, well, you know, it's not that bad. Then it's not that bad. and stay the way you are. Mm. But if you want to change, it has to be a definite decision and followed by action. And action needs to be a scientific action based by science and by literature. And you shouldn't go about it in an uncoordinated fashion. You should do it step by step. Make it an easy and pleasant process and carry on with it
1: okay so accept that you're fat eat what you like exercise and easy exercise as you said and you then said you must watch thin people or people that are not overweight
2: yeah
0: why reinvent the wheel go to the to, to, to the shopping mall and follow a thin person with a trolley around then follow a fat person with their trolley look what's inside the trolley it's, it's very obvious who the thin person is and who the fat person is and check what they do what do they eat for lunch, what do they eat for pudding, when do they go for a walk, do they exercise, do they drink alcohol, how frequently do they drink it, what do they choose, they've already found many of the answers,
2: check mm. what they're doing,
0: mm. uh, it, it's a very good template to follow, and they're everywhere, just watch them.
1: Hmm. And then of course balance your books, make calculations of everything that you eat, and, and, and of course, uh, is, that, is that what's called the Harris-Benedict equation?
0: If there's Benedict equation, sounds very formal and very.
1: Important. I know. Please, please just simplify it for
0: us. Yeah, and and it's it's purely an equation that says what your energy requirements are, and you can either just fill in the little blanks in the book and work it out yourself, or you can go to my website, the Brain Surgeons Diet website, mm-hmm. and there's 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 a little calculator, and you fill in your age, your weight, and everything, and it spits out what your caloric requirements for the day are. The more active you are the more they are so if you're a 10,000 kilojoule a day go, and you exercise five times a week suddenly you become a 13,000 kilojoule a day go. so you already win without you know calculating the amount of of energy you burn during exercise so it sounds all very formal and everything but it's the easiest thing because you can just use a calculator Mm
1: -hmm. now now lots of people will try diets and halfway through think oh i've lost weight and i'm going back to my normal laziness and you know just not calculating anymore and maybe going back to their old habits because the mind is also a very tricky thing and and I I can't tell you you're a a brain surgeon but um, what are the dangers of of recovering from that from that reprieve if you like Uh, you know and start is it easy to start all over again Or do you have to go through to the beginning, really, and understand why you need to stick to the diet? Because I think that's what most of us suffer from. You start a diet, and when you start looking good, you then go back to your bad habits.
0: Yeah, I think there are two things that are important. The one is that if you weigh 200 kilograms and you then lose weight and weigh 100 kilograms, you would still have the same amount of fat cells they would only have collapsed down Mm. they didn't disappear Mm -hmm. whereas the thin person weighs 100 kilograms for them to get to 200 kilograms they have to build fat cells so it's much easier for you to pick up weight again in the future um, than it is for a thin person to to become fat so the danger is greater Um, and the second thing is that once you know how to lose the weight it's very easy and it is actually ridiculously simple to lose weight so once you know what it is that you needed to do to lose it, and you then start picking up again it's very easy to go back to and just going no, no, hang on I know what I'm doing wrong I'm going to fix it
2: hmm.
0: not a case of using a prescribed diet that you can only use for a short birth, birth period and then having to come off the diet because of health uh, risks and the fact that it's not sustainable if you eat bacon and eggs for the rest of your life I mean I, I give you a medal if you can eat it for a whole year so, you know, then you, 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 you fall into this chiasm of not knowing what to do now because I can't follow this fad diet anymore. What do I do in the meantime? And I, and I think that that basically is the risk. But when, once you've educated yourself and you know how, how you should go about to be thin and healthy, then you always know it and it's very easy to recoup it. Mm.
1: It says use your mindset to beat your bad habits. And, 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 and the book is available at all good bookstores, uh, Dr.
0: Liebenberg? It is indeed. uh, The interesting story about that is, you know, when I lost the weight, I was being assaulted by my staff and by my patients to try and tell them what I did. So I wrote a few pages, and eventually I wrote a little book, and I published it uh, uh, through my website. And um, that was in 2011, and it did so well that I've since then been hounded by several publishers to release it to the general media. And um, so, in January, Penguin has, has given it out as a big publisher, you know, to, to spread it widely. Hmm. And so, it's it's available on the internet and, and in bookstores and everywhere. So, you know, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll help a few thousand people if we can.
1: Well, just when we knew we were talking to you, Penguin sent us this weight loss challenge. Do you know anything about it? Yeah, 16, the 16-week weight loss challenge?
0: Yeah, it, I, I think it's it's a nice thing that, that Penguin is doing. It's a very good idea. Many diets I have challenges to kind of get people to start off and, and, you know, give them a bit of a boost and an incentive. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, you, they're usually a very short, three or four or five, six, and some of them are 12 weeks. And I suggest that they make it a proper challenge of 16 weeks to give people, you know, that's a four-month period. Um, it's not a fair diet. So if it's going to be a lifestyle, you know, work on it for a few months and see where you are and what you get. And it, it's literally a case of signing up on their website and then... Becoming part of the team and what they will do is, you know, they'll You'll send in some evidence of where you are at now and then at the end of the period you'll send in some evidence So there won't be any public embarrassment or anything and if you're a winner, I think there's a nice cash prize involved But it's really more to do with building a community of people who can help each other along Mm -hmm. Now once you've lost the weight and you see the person next to you on the bus or on the train or you know in the movie and it's in the mower is that you really should be able to say to them listen by the way you know you're beautiful just as you are but i used to be very heavy you know, mm-hmm. the and overweight i lost all this like, look at me now mm. and they go well fine you know we said you could speak to me that's fine and they say, well how did you do it so, well i'll tell you and there is a social responsibility with that
1: for all of us actually yeah but dr liebenberg do you think 16 weeks is enough to to flip that mindset for that paradigm shift
0: oh, one day is enough to up your mind is it once you've made the, the choice uh, or once you see the results uh, you see results fairly quickly um then then you'll know because it, it's not the scale you know it you have to look at the numbers on the scale but it, it's feeling the top of your arm feeling the bottom of your belly you're feeling your buttock and feeling loose in your clothes and and, and it's it's like an hallelujah moment you know you feel as if the sun shining on you because you suddenly you feel but, but, but i am doing it I'm doing it myself. I'm figuring this out as I'm going along, and it's me doing it for me.
1: Oh, all of us are looking out for the hallelujah moment. Somebody's just sent me a message here saying, do carbs turn to fat in the body? And if so, does cutting them out allow fats and protein to become the replacement fuel with the bonus that these make you feel full faster, thus leading to easier weight loss? Did that make sense to you?
0: Yeah, you see what happens is that there, there are different macronutrients and the macronutrients just means, you know, fat, protein and carbohydrate, and then the micronutrients like the vitamins and trace elements that we need. And all food is built up to a certain extent from macro and micronutrients. And they all have their benefits and, and the bad side and, and we need fats in our body mm-hmm. our body to exist normally in many of the cell membranes and many of the the hormonal functions require fat at the same time exactly the same is true of protein and exactly the true is, is, is true exactly the same true of carbohydrates carbohydrates are the quick energy solutions for our body it's something that gives us a quick oomph and a quick gets away whereas protein is more of, of a steady energy um, provider but if you would eat only protein, then frequently you would feel quite sluggish. If you only ate the carbohydrates, then frequently you would get lots of energy spikes and downs with that. Um, fat, once again, you know, is something that, that, um, that releases energy very slowly compared to carbohydrates. So all of them have their good and their bad. If you cut out carbohydrates completely, what you're doing is, is you might be fuller for longer by eating proteins but you're taking away some of the energy requirements and some of the, the um, uh, metabolic processes of your body. So it's always good to have a combination of all mm-hmm. three
2: of those, you mm-hmm. know.
0: The World Health Organization has actually got, uh, you know, uh, kind of guidelines on that, saying, you know, that you should mm-hmm. have an adequate amount of, of, of carbohydrates in your body. You should keep the fats to a lesser portion and you should keep a moderate amount of protein in there. And this is obviously, you know, always a topic for debate. And I I prefer not to go with individual opinion, but rather with the weights of scientific evidence and always base what I say on what big organizations like the World Health Organization Mm. actually say, Mm. because that's just a great way to go about it.
1: Listen, congratulations once more and thank you for sharing your your journey with us and your story with us. And I hope we talk to you soon after all of us experience that aha moment, that heavenly (laughs) moment of having done An amazing job for ourselves thank you so much dr liebenberg for joining us
0: thank you very much
1: and all the best thank you bye-bye it's called the brain surgeons diet train your brain to shed fat and it's published by uh, penguin books and penguin is saying all listeners need to do is head to Head to their website, www.penguinbooks.co.za, and then click on the competitions tab, and that is for you to sign up for the Brain Surgeon's 16-week uh, diet sixteen week weight loss challenge. And all the details are there and explained. And, of course, the cutoff date is the 8th of February. So if anyone has a question, please tweet PenguinBooksSA. That's at PenguinBooksSA.com. And they'll answer all your questions. So don't tweet me. Tweet Penguin Books Essay. And, hey, I wish you a healthy life. It sounds like we're working towards it. We'll share all the information that we have.